Hello and welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined again by Just Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? Everything's going on. Everything and nothing all at the same time, right? Yeah. Is that what they say? I don't know. If this is your first time listening, this is the show from SwitchRPG.com, where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. We got a lot of news up ahead, and if you missed it... Go back to episode previous to this. I think that's episode 66. We have kind of a... We tried something a little different where we discussed a lot of the main topics or one of the main topic that we were neglecting to get to for a while. So get to that. There's a lot of RPG discussion there. This episode is going to be mostly, for the most part anyways, uh, some news and our opinions about it. Um, but first, don't forget to visit our Discord, discord.switchrpg.com, at Twitter, SwitchRPG, and also buy a few things at the merch. It helps us out. What are you playing, Johnny? Ah, uh, same old, same old. Radiant Historia, Luigi's Mansion 3, and RFL. Uh, RFL. I have R- some problems. <laughs> oh, okay. I have what, some what, problems with RFL. What's going on with RFL? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <clears throat> to sit back here. I actually got to the point where I got into another dungeon in RFL, you know, fairly deep into the game, which, by the way, uh, you get, I got the uh, the mage lady um, as a party member, and oh my goodness, she is overpowered. Like, she just, is, the game is easy mode now with her. However, the problem okay. is with the dungeon, there's like this weird obtuse thing that is not obvious as to what I need to do in order to progress. I solved all the puzzles. Uh, I had to, like, light a bunch of torches. There was a boss fight. I killed the boss. And then there's, like, this door. This uh, door inside this vampire, whatever, place. And uh, it won't open because I need to, like, do something. But I don't know what to do. And I searched the entire dungeon multiple times through. It's not even that big. Went through each and every room, trying to find something, going to, like, random places, hidden, you know, the and stuff like that. This is, like, <laughs> some of the worst stuff that I never want to experience when playing a game. Uh, I don't mind being challenged whatsoever. I love challenges. I hate obtuse stuff that becomes roadblocks, and the only way to progress is to, like, Wikipedia, Google right, search yeah. your way through progressing so because you and i are old school right we we try our hardest not to do any any looking up information at least that's the way i am i try not to to do any of that that's what it used to be it's a it's a problem if the game does that right that is bad game design in general when it does that um there are some elements of that in like uh dark souls the the first one and and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit with Demon Souls, although I think I was able to go through all of Demon Souls with Demon Souls look something up. But I do remember looking stuff up for Dark Souls, but I wasn't sure if that was for the sake of progressing or for the sake of um, getting a particular uh, weapon or yeah, NPC. Max. But yeah. I, I definitely was looking up, doing a lot of research in Dark Souls. Definitely remember that. But with this game, like it was already. Like, you know, okay, with me, I was, I was, I wasn't having like an, an exceptionally good time, but I wasn't having a bad time with it. It was like it was okay. So I was, you know, playing, continuing to play it to see where, where it went, and it threw this at me, and that was more than enough for me to kind of just be like, ah, I'm done with this game. It wasn't like anything great. It wasn't bad. 
Uh, but then it did this, so I stopped playing it and I deleted it. So. Oh boy! I mean, it could be something just so super simple that you're overlooking, and you just—I don't know. It could, but the game was already like middling anyway. Um, okay. And I still might recommend this for people that are jonesing for like a a, a traditional, you know, RPG maker style game. Yeah. But because it is, you know somewhat well done but this is going to be a quirky thing that is well implemented and there could be future instances so i would just advise people to to if they play it they're probably going to need to do google searches in order to get to win to to complete the game and if they don't like that then they should stay away from it hmm. i mean it sounds like you're so far into the game might as well just keep going no no, no, I'm, I'm only in, I think, Chapter 2. Huh. Uh, somewhere, somewhere in Chapter 2 for that. And you're so. quit you quitting on it. Well, that's like, I don't know, five, six hours into the game. Really? Yeah. It's, okay. It's not, I'm definitely not, like, two hours in the game. I'm, I'm <laughs> well past that. I don't, I don't know how many hours I've been playing it for, but uh, probably close to, like, five or six hours playing okay. the game. And it does this on... and, you, and you're just terrible at puzzles, so you don't like the game. Okay. No, uh, I, I mean, in, in all honesty, like you had mentioned, it, it is an RPG maker game, so maybe just try, and, and I don't know this for a fact, but maybe just trying to design puzzles that are challenging in RPG maker is kind of obtuse in itself. Well, the funny so... part is just prior to this point, there was four puzzles that they throw at you, and some of them are actually kind of cool. Uh, you go into four separate rooms. In each room, there is a puzzle that you have to solve, like uh, flipping the switch, uh, pushing, um, uh, push, uh, flipping the switches. It gives you like a little riddle, and you have to push certain switches, leave certain switches activated, and others not. Uh, another puzzle is like you have to like push these, I don't know, pillar, fountain, statue things, push them into a certain location. Uh, so you know, nothing revolutionary whatsoever, but there, was, uh, there were those. One that I kind of found interesting to a certain degree was there was actually like a uh, a puzzle testing your speed skills. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. You're, it was like an obstacle course. You had to like ju uh, go through and they sort of, you have to like navigate through the path as quickly. So it was like a dexterity based puzzle. Right. Obstacle course thing where they timed you and you have to beat the timer. If you beat the timer, you're successful. That was kind of cool. You, you typically don't see those in very traditional RPGs, right. and they put that in there. Those puzzles were fine. I solved all those. They give you the key. You, get, you take the key, you go to the to the door, the golden key to the door, and then as soon as you enter that room, you enter a boss fight. Completed the boss fight, and then there's another door, and it's locked, and that's where I'm stuck. So it's like it's after the puzzles, and it's just like this this roadblock, and I don't even know if it's like, it could be a soft uh, a software oh. like. Bug. Like hard lock. Yeah, it could be a hard lock kind of thing. This has happened to me before. Um, uh, Metroid Other M had uh, I ran into a uh, into that bug that that was like a coin flip. If you went through the, a sequence of door opening uh, the wrong amount of times or the wrong uh, in the wrong order, then you will be there will be a certain point in the game, and it's like halfway through the game or oh, wow. more. So it's not yeah. like right away either. No, no, it's deep into the game and it you cannot progress 
at all whatsoever. And because it was on the Wii, Nintendo couldn't patch it. <laughs> so I had to restart the game, and I, I like, quit it for a bit. And then I right. had to restart it in order to play it back from the beginning again because uh, and and hope you didn't get that sequence of door openings or whatever again well i i knew the sequence i had to avoid so okay. it was basically backtracking like you couldn't backtrack if you backtracked you you were going to run into this issue and it's just crazy because it's a metro it, game i was just gonna say it's a backtrack. right it's a metroid game that's like the whole freaking idea right yeah yeah oh man so, yeah so these these things tend to crop up. These are like the worst of the worst kind of bugs. Yeah. Uh, you never want to release a game with this kind of bug because it's it's a hard lock or a soft lock, I think is what they call it. Right, but I mean, if you're unaware of it, I mean, what what are you gonna do? You gotta you gotta uh, come across the bug and then kind of go from there, right? Well, you can't. That's the thing. If it's right. if it's this this sort of hard software lock. Bug. That means there is a logic error in the code that completely prohibits you from being able to. Yeah, right. It's it's what I mean. It's even what a lot of uh, speedrunners do, um, especially in more of the old older games where you know they're doing certain things. All right, they're 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 hitting. Say for example, in a Mario game, they're hitting a certain block, and that writes a different code um, in the memory, and then they hit another block, writes a different. Uh, number or one or zero in the memory and then they're able to just glitch through a bunch of things um if they do whatever successfully yep so yeah those are the old days but um yeah i, I mean as far as what you're you're hap you know dealing with i mean i just think you're bad at puzzles to begin with so um so you just well, don't play what huh what? Uh, yeah maybe <laughs> but uh that's what i've been playing how about okay. Holy! I I can't believe you asked me, and I only and you only beat me to it because you have few other things on your list that you just didn't say. Anyway, um, I uh, this will be the last episode that I will mention Divinity Original Sin two. Um, they haven't seen that yet. I beat it. Nope, I'm done. Uh, oh, you're finally so this was it. This is your last time. This is the last time I'll ever talk about it. So I did finish it up more the beginning of last last week. Yep. And um, you know, I'm doing the playthrough it on, on YouTube. So that is uh, pretty much done. I just don't want to dump all the episodes on it, people. I have like sixteen, maybe fifteen, sixteen episodes that are left to just make public. They're just sitting there waiting. I just don't want to put a bunch of episodes on to people. Uh so Divinity how, I'm how sorry. Does it, how does it hold up beating it? This is your second time. Well, um, there there are different endings that you can get. Yeah. Um, I've seen a couple of a few different ones in this run, mostly because I played as Fane in this one. I've never played as Fane in my other runs, so there were a few different different things that I didn't get to see. And the way the endings are, they're really kind of they're kind of basic. I wish this. That's my only gripe about this is the endings. Um, when it kind of uh, kind of does a almost like a flashback. Oh, and just I'm just throwing this out there. This isn't what happened. Oh, Fane looks back at the damage he's done in the past and 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 now he can look forward and whatever baloney. And that's all it is. It's basically just a still image and a narrator talking about the ending. Um so kind of like the uh 
Outer Worlds style ending. Yeah, yeah. So really kind of just very, very basic. And and it almost feels like, um, what was that movie? I think it's Lord of, is it Lord of the Rings? What's the third one? Return of the King? Return of the King, where it felt like that movie ended like four times. Um, I don't know if you had that impression when you were watching that movie. You know, well, they were tying up all the loose ends because that's the end and, of the entirety of the story. I understand, and that's what happens in Divinity: Original Sin too. So they're tying up all these loose ends, and you think it's over, and it's not. And then here comes another. It's just the way it's segmented. It's just it's kind of awkward or kind of strange. They also do that in uh, Fire Emblem, but they they mm. give you like the main ending, like the right. You, they go through the ending. And then afterwards, uh, they'll do like little write-ups of right. all the other characters, kind of thing. Right, and that's kind of what happens in Divinity um, as well. Uh, and any kind of side missions or kind of relatively deeper side missions that you accomplish, there there's also kind of an ending for that as well. Um, so it is a, a a nice wrap up. I just wish I wanted more, or I would want more, but. Oh. Uh, what would you like? I almost I would because <sighs> they're they're providing you like a uh, a summary mm -hmm. of here's what you did and here's the results of that. They didn't go into like crazy detail. It sounds like no, no, it, they they didn't. But I would prefer almost like not a I guess a cinematic, but that would be asking quite a bit. But that yeah, that that that's kind of what I want. I, essentially, it's a it's a not a it's not a still image, but it's kind of like an animated image. And, surely they gave you some sort of cinematic, right? For like the real main ending, exactly. So so you get the main ending, and then for all the smaller plot points, mm -hmm. right? They give you the synopsis. Like that sounds. Pretty basic. I don't know. It's just like the the entirety of the game is just so massive and epic, and then I want more. That's I'm de I'm depressed. Okay, all right. This is the last time I'm gonna play it for a long time. Leave me alone. So uh, you still you still love it as much as you did. The oh, of, of course, yeah. And I'm sure if I played it again, honestly, I could play it. Now, obviously, the gameplay is the game mechanic is essentially the same. It's still a turn based strategy RPG. But I can play as a total. I can play as totally different characters, and that kind of changes the gameplay, in my opinion. Yeah, and it changes the whole way you play the game. That that game, it's solid uh, to me. That game, though, it's it's not about the the ending. It's about the experience. No, it, it and the and I and that's it. That's what I mean, though. Like the whole experience leading up to the ending. And even kind of the last, I guess, last act, it, it felt a bit rushed. But don't get me wrong, it's still awesome. It just yeah. felt, it didn't feel like the previous or prior acts. There, so. There's actually very few, and this might be a good talking point for a future, like, uh, main topic thing. There, there are very few games that actually have good endings. Like, like well-done endings. Right. They're not bad games. It's just they they either have bad or lackluster endings, right? And that and that, but that's where that's where having good writers comes in as well. Um, I, I, 
there is another game. Actually, going on to the, the next game I played, and I beat it, uh, yep. Darksiders Genesis. I also completed that. <laughs> the, 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 well, I mean, I'm in, stuck in quarantine land. That's all I got is time. Um, the ending on that was abrupt. It really, really was. I don't want to give away anything. It just was abrupt. Like, I feel like the writing was perfect up until the very end. And you're right. Maybe just, you know, having a well-written game and video game design is yeah. is difficult. Well, I, I don't, you know, I, I played, you know, two of the Darksider, of the four Darksider games. And mm. to me, those worlds uh, and their stories aren't great at no. all. And I mean, to, and to, like, to... To have an interesting ending, or to write an interesting ending for those mediocre kind of story worlds, mm-hmm. is—I I wouldn't expect a good ending from those games. Well, I mean, the writing was pretty decent up until the end, I would say. But but decent because there's a lot of banter and a lot of clever, the, funny dialogue. Right, but you're gonna get that with almost—you're gonna get that with all di- Dark Sider games. But the right. ba- the banter between the two characters, the main the main characters, yeah. War and Strife, the the they're perfect. War is more like this big broody dude, and Strife is the comedic relief. And who I'll have to look up who did the the voice acting for Strife. He was phenomenal. He was he was freaking awesome. Yeah, but that that's not that's not really the story. No, 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 no. That's but not... it definitely it it flavors. You know, it gives it flavor. But how, how is the actual story? It, it, it the story's just there. From what I understand, it's there to keep you going, right? To let you know what you need to do next. The entirety of Darksiders Genesis felt like a fetch quest. Um, yeah. where? What is it? The MacGuffin. What? 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 What is that? Uh, in writing, and you see this in like this is gonna ruin like movies and. Oh, don't 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 do that. There are kids so, out there. Just about every single like movie plot, the the focal plot point, most most of them, the ones that aren't aren't like exceptional. Uh, they or some that are exceptional, but for different reasons, not mainly for the story. Uh, they will the writers will leverage this MacGuffin, and the MacGuffin could be anything. It could be like the princess and. It could be the this secret code that unlocks the universe. Uh, something, something, some special thing that the protagonist has to get or has to acquire uh, in order to save the day. That's the okay. MacGuffin. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit of that. Yeah, that sounds sounds about about right. Um, okay. Essentially, like, the overarching no. story is your. Warren Strife are part of, uh, or they've been tasked by the Council of of Hell, really, to track down Lucifer and essentially find out what he's doing and stop him. That's basically the very basic plot. Right, and, and it should end, because this is a prequel to the first uh, Darksiders, right? I don't know where it falls in the timeline. I'm not entirely sure. So, from what I understand, the story should end with you uh, starting the apocalypse. It does not. 
Because, I, again, I don't know if that's the right timeline. I have no idea. So, did the apocalypse already happen as you're playing the game, or...? Do, maybe during... I don't want to give too much uh, for people who haven't played it. It's kind of kind of new, fairly new. Uh, right, but we're, we're like poo-pooing on its story. Right, but I, I don't want to... Again, I don't want to give out certain things that's happened, but yeah. essentially, okay, like I said, you're, you're, you're trying to track down Lucifer, and you meet your cast of characters that help you in your hub world and every different character. Oh, I need this for you, for me to help you. I need this for me to help you. And it's just like, that's all, that's the entirety of the game is they need things to help me. And that's a fetch, that's fetch quests. Yeah. Fetch quests suck. They're the worst. Yeah. I, I, other than, um, meaningless fetch quests. I mean, this is not a meaningless fetch quest because obviously this is that's what's driving the story, right? Um, but other than fetch quests, the worst quests are the um, protect this person and get from point A to point B. I like uh, those quests. Those are terrible. This, They're not terrible. I hate them. I hate them. You've played some poorly implemented ones. Uh, uh, here we go. Resident Evil 4 had an exceptionally well implemented uh, okay. mechanic. Yeah. What, like what's, the, what's the word for that? I don't know why it escapes me. Uh, that's the escort missions. Escort missions. There you go. Ah, I, I think, and I'll go back to Grand Theft Auto, because you got a lot of them in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. They, they're just, oh, they're the worst part. This is where the... I feel like that's where a lot of the story or narrative slows down are in fetch quests. I mean, uh, escort quests. Yeah, if if it's the you have to follow thing, the camera's always focused on the thing that you have to follow. Yeah. yeah. That's bad, but that's bad execution. That's not bad. It, it, it's I mean, not a bad thing. It's just it's someone... Done, it's also done in the last time I saw it was in Breath of the Wild. And you're in the like I think you're in like the Lost of the Woods or the Korok with the Koroks or something. Sure, but you're not protecting. Uh, no, you're kind of. It's not an escort mission, but you're right. That's more of a stealth mission. Yeah, but you're you're following the guy and you don't want to get caught. That sort of thing. Those yeah, are. I'll, I'll lump them all in the same thing. They're all terrible. That's different though. That's stealth, and that's stealth done badly. Yeah. I don't like, like I did not like Metal Gear games because I thought they played like the stealth missions in Ocarina of Time. So I'm like, I, I don't like those those little stealth segments in, in Zelda, so why right. would I make an entire game based on that? I think the with Metal Gear though, like it's supposed to be some sort of stealth espionage game and you can't play the game in a stealth manner <laughs> at all. It's like nearly impossible. What, Metal Gear? Of course you can. Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid was almost impossible to play that in without getting alerted or, or anything. Snake Eater, that was tough. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's tough, but that, that was the game. But they did it better. Thing. Like, in Zelda, right, they punished you. Like, as soon as you got spotted... Back to the beginning. You got, you got teleported back. Whereas okay. in Metal Gear, that wasn't the end. Like No, because you, you try and fight your way through it. It wasn't game over. And that's right. how you do stealth missions. Now, Metal Gear is not... The, Metal Gear Solid 1 is definitely not the best way mm. to do stealth. To me, I think the best... When Metal Gear finally got it like absolutely right to the, to the degree of like this being very fun to play, that was Metal Gear Solid 5. 
Uh, okay, that far. That's that's a that's their last uh, hurrah. Well, that's how long it took for stealth games to actually get good. Was what they did in Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, like, if you're going back to the original NES Metal Gear, that game is nearly impossible because if you die, no. you, you go right back to the beginning of the game. Uh, but if you're talking, yeah, if you're talking the PS One uh, Metal Gear Metal, I, why can't I say that word? Metal Gear Solid. That's a great game. It's just there, there's. I'm telling you, there's no way you can play that game without getting spotted. No, oh, oh, it's impossible. I, I played and beat that game. That oh yeah, is, so have I. I agree, it's a great game, but the stealth gameplay mechanics were not like out of this world fun. No, they were okay to deal with. They mm-hmm. weren't. They weren't like super. I wasn't jonesing for those segments at all. But it got really great in Metal Gear Solid Five. That's when, yeah, is that so Phantom dynamic. Pain? That's Phantom Pain, right? That's fan, yeah, that yeah. came out this June. Yep, that's that. when they actually like figured out how to do it right. It's because they went with the open world aspect, and because you could manipulate things in such a way you could actually leave the level, right? The level is it's an open world, so there is no like level per se, right? Things can reset, you can go to a different whatever headquarters place and infiltrate that instead okay so i don't know we'll, they, we'll they have, did a lot of things in that we'll, anyway. we'll have to further discuss quest types that we despise i have uh, no clue how we got this far into the weeds <laughs> but um what else am i playing okay yeah. um edge of eternity i think it is your brother that's really into this yes. i decided to pick it up and i'm, I'm just i'm sorry on PC, right? On PC. Okay. And I'm I'm hoping to maybe make a video about it and with a kind of a new series, you know, about port begging. I'm still playing through it. It's in alpha. It's really early access. There's, there's a lot I'm noticing because what I played at PAX and what I'm playing now feel like very different games. Um, at Better PAX, or worse? Worse. Now yeah, I, they're probably showing you the polished stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm playing this, and there's a lot of kind of... And I, and I have to understand that it is in alpha, which is really, really early. Um, the, Some of the animations feel very, very janky uh, and generic. Like, you'll come across a group of people, and they'll all have the same animation just out of time, to, just to make it feel like they're different. Yeah. Uh, um. It feels that's kind of feels like it's a little laziness, but I like I said, I have to understand that this is only a development team that's only nine people deep. Yeah. So so it is a very small studio, but where this game hits it out of the park is in the environments and the the textures on like walls and grass and and it's just like when you look at that sort of stuff, it looks really really good. But everything else kind of needs needs a little work. I feel like that is so far behind that um, I don't know. They need they need something else there. And again, I gotta I, I understand it's an alpha, but this may be something that I will port beg for. Um, and I have yeah. and I have already. <laughs> and that's that's why it is an alpha, early access alpha stuff, right? That's the whole reason. Like yeah, those little weird quirky things that irk you, like uh, animations. And, and being desynchronized and stuff like that, like and even like misspelling in dialogue or poorly written dialogue, 
all those things are things that are are either placeholder or right. are going to be polished. That's like the last like ten percent of game development is actually like the last half of game development. And the last ten percent is your polish, mm-hmm. and that's actually like half of the work. It's like <laughs> fixing all of those things those and and what separates you know good from from great is how much time you're willing to spend polishing. Right. And I think, like I had mentioned about the environment, the way that is so far ahead of everything else, maybe maybe that that the other stuff will catch up. And I really hope it does because the combat the combat feels good. The everything else, I mean, everything else flows well. So I don't know. I like I said, I'm gonna put out the video and um, and beg for it. So. Yeah. Uh, edge looks- of eternity, edge of eternity, and uh, what were you gonna say? No, it it looks good. I I watched my bl- brother play a, a good chunk of it. Yeah, it does look. And the way they're doing it is they're uh, I think they're releasing it in chapters up until the full game, and then maybe the full game will get kind of patched over. I don't know how that's gonna work, but um, I don't know. I'm trying it. Uh, another game I'm playing a little bit earlier, thanks to Zen Studios, is Dreadnautical. Uh, Dreadnautical is the same folks who have uh, done Operentia. Uh, Dreadnautical is a is a tactical strategy RPG. I really only put it like maybe an hour or two into it. I'm hoping to do a kind of a let's play on on that now that I kind of need something because I've completed two games, so I gotta I gotta put something in there. So Dreadnautical may maybe that one. Um so I've been playing that a little bit. And man, did you get anything during the sale, the recent sale or the kind of right now sale? Uh no, there wasn't really anything that I saw. Okay. Worthwhile. You're right. I I mean, I'm on both ends of that spectrum. I I picked up Child of Light Golf Story and Severed. Which e, I Severed severed which why is like you... why would i do that it was cheap it was like three four bucks it's not cheap man your time that's what it's costing you i may never play it i may never play it oh wait i'm <laughs> sorry severed i confused with something else severed could very well be a good game i believe it is a good game i um, apologize so child of light which i don't know maybe i'll play it eventually Golf Story. I actually put some time into Golf Story. I was really surprised by. It. I don't. Have you played Golf Story? Uh, my. It's so why I have it. My girlfriend um played a good chunk of it. I don't know how much. Uh, uh it looks. It looks cool. It's just not my. Not my. Right. Thing. Okay. Well, I'm playing it right, and um, I think maybe four or five hours in, I'm like, wow, this is really, really good, and 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 it's always been recommended by people. I just. I'm like, ah, meh, whatever, golf story. But it's it's really good. It is really, really good. It's an RPG. And it and no, without a doubt it's an RPG, but I figured I gotta play this before I play their up and coming one sports story. And there's no combat in it, right? No. You're just playing golf. Your your combat is you versus another player playing golf. Yeah. But you're not it's golf, so you're not actually versing each other. Well, you're trying to get the best score. I mean, if right. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always trying to get the best score against yourself in golf. Right, you're always competing against. There's your combat. It's an inner conflict, Johnny. Okay, it's an inner it's conflict. Self conflict. 
All right, relax, okay? Um, Severed, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer was also really, really cheap. That, that was one I was thinking about picking up. Now, had it been, you know, Cadence of Hyrule, I definitely would, I would doubt would have picked it up, because I, you know, it's a Zelda game, um, you want to give it a shot. But this, you know, Crypt of the Necrodancer was, again, like, three, four, five bucks, whatever it was. I mean, it's rated really, really well, so why not? Well worth it. Yeah. Well worth that price. And, that, and then I got bottom of the barrel type of stuff. <laughs> Revenge of the Bird King. Uh, it was a, like uh, under a buck. Um, Azur and Tales Trials. Um, I did put up a game preview of it. Let me know if it's something you like, because then I will also question your tastes in games. I am, uh, I am looking at that right now, man. Um, not, oh. a, not a great game. Not a great game. And, uh, yeah, those are games that I picked up for, if, you know, I think it was under a dollar. And basically, I'm putting up, putting up game previews for those. Um, I guess Revenge of the Bird King rated kind of okay, but Azure and Tails, yikes. Stay away. It looks like it handles very poorly. It, it, it plays very poorly. I don't know how many times I died because I couldn't, um, I couldn't judge certain things, like heights and, oh. No, no good. Stay away. <laughs> it's a janky looking game. Yeah. Yep. 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 No good. Um. All right. So that is what has been going on with me. Moving on to the news. Let's get some news. All right. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. The epilogue is actually playable from the beginning of the game. You can actually play the epilogue before you actually play the real game which is kind of weird right so i i yeah. guess i guess they give the opportunity to a lot of players who have already played it right it's not a good idea if you <laughs> haven't played it it's not a good idea to start the epilogue because the epilogue starts uh one, one month is it one month game. oh yeah i think that's what they said one month either one month or one year i think it's I one think month. It's, i thought it was one year oh no yeah you're right it is one year but, yeah, why would you want to take this epic RPG, right, and kind of almost have it ruined by playing the epilogue? And like I had mentioned, this is more for people who have already played the game, and they want to maybe just see what happened after, and then maybe they'll play through it. I have no, I have no idea. All right, I, I just want to warn people, absolutely do not, you know, just curiously fire up the epilogue. Oh, boy. It will spoil something major. Just from knowing what happens on the ending of Xenoblade, uh, don't fire up the epilogue. There's no way it won't be spoiled. Yeah. Be careful out there, guys. Stay frosty. Um, so yeah, that is just... Uh, and that was a... Wasn't it a decent size epilogue from what we saw somewhere, somewhere out there? Uh, I don't know. I don't think they posted anything in terms anything of length. Else. Okay. Yeah, about length or anything like that. It takes place on the biomes of the shoulder. So. The who? The what? Uh, you'll find out. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the opening, the the opening scene of the game shows two big giant titans right. battling each other, and they say one is called the Bionist and the other one's called the Mechonist. So. There you go. There's there no you spoilers go. there. You blew it. You blew it for everyone. 
That's too bad. All right, so next we have Sunless Sea spreading onto the Switch Xbox later this month. So it's kind of one of those games that, not shadow dropping, but uh, Sunless Sea was on Steam for quite a while, actually. Um, and apparently did well. Well enough for them to make a Switch port of it. Eat but your crew? Eat your, I'm sorry, what? What? I'm reading some of the stuff that they have going on over here on this trailer. Yeah, without careful planning, um, you can literally eat um eat your crew. Yeah. Okay. So it's a it's a top down perspective of a ship, and you kind of make your way through the ocean, and that's kind of as far as I know. It's kind of got this uh Victorian esque feel to it, maybe. Lovecraft. Lovecraft, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, check it out. See if it's something that you like. It's, um, do you have any, do you have Steam reviews up? I can pull up real quick. So fast. Is it already out on Steam? Yeah, it has been out on Steam for, I, I want to say like four or five years now. It's been out there for a while. This sounds like it's part of a, uh, franchise, because there is a game called Sunless Sky. Maybe it's possibility. Yeah, I'm curious if this is made by the same people. Let me. Let me I'm not. The developer is Fail Better Games, uh, yeah. and they did make Sunless Skies. So this okay. is probably in the same light as Sunless Skies. Um, the reviews are decent. Okay. So there's that, and Sunless Skies. The reviews were. I think Sunless Skies came out. Actually, I don't know. No, Sun of the Skies was after, because uh, I'm looking at it right now. and yes. That one's also scored decently. Yeah, so it's a potential if it sells well on the Switch that we'll probably get uh, Sunless Skies as well. Yep. Alright, cool. So that is Sunless Sea, coming later this month. Now, Minecraft Dungeons had has a webpage uh, where they have a FAQ, and in that FAQ, it lets you know that we cannot Play with random players. You can't play with people that are on your friends list, and maybe potentially some cross-playing, which I don't know how that will work if they're not on your friends list, but you won't be able to play with random people. Now, for me, that's actually pretty good. I would I I don't like playing with a lot of strangers to begin with. Um, I'm very weird when it comes to playing with, with uh, strangers, but in my situation, my kids are going to be playing this either with me or with, you know, they'll be playing kind of local couch co-op sort of stuff. So I don't want them playing with strangers. And, and that might be why they're doing that as well. Uh, because this is, again, more, it's probably geared more towards a younger audience. So maybe that's kind of them protecting themselves. I don't know. Thoughts? None. Re reading? <laughs> You're not interested in Minecraft Dungeons at all? No, I just don't think uh, it's the kind of game... Look, it's Minecraft, so it's geared towards a younger audience, right? Mm -hmm. And Stranger Danger is a concern, so them not implementing it, that type of, uh, you know, Stranger Danger feature right. is perfectly reasonable to me. Yep, yep, yep. So, and these style games, like... you. Play them. You, you play, them, play what? them 
you can play them solo. You can play yep. them with friends. Yep. Um, it you can still play it with friends, so they're not getting that way, limiting your opportunity to play with strangers. So yeah, yeah I, and I like that feature again in in my situation. So yeah. Um, moving on, Trials of Mana interview with Shinichi to Suke. Um, it, about it's a big interview. It's it is a very lengthy interview that I it's probably been picked up by many. Uh, outlets out there, but I'm looking at it at Jamatsu. And there's so many things that are discussed here, uh, but some of the things they mainly focus on, some of the remake changes, you know, what was obviously what they included and what they didn't include, uh, one of which is a big deal for you, for whatever reason, is co-op removal um, and <laughs> clear time. More for you is the co-op removal. Well, and the clear time, I mean, they list the clear time here being between 25 and 30 hours, so yeah. that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, to me, that's great, because, yep. yeah, let's not pad out our games. Let's make them denser, not sparser and padded. Right. And the co-op removal? Uh, that is a problem. That is a problem for yeah. you. They couldn't figure out the uh, online part of it. I, I agree. It is a challenge when you want to do a third action game, right? So this right. is a decision that they made way early on. However, given that they attached the, the camera to a character, it doesn't mean that they couldn't co-op. They would have to do it. It just means that they have to do it through online. And they couldn't think their way into doing online. And what that actually means is they didn't uh, a feature that would be in such high demand, they would be willing to go through the development time and expense to implement it. Because it's not really, it, it's not a trivial thing to implement, especially when you have to rethink it in a fairly significant way mm -hmm. uh, of doing an RPG-based multi co-op multiplayer. That's not, that's not a trivial thing to implement, like... Uh, who owns the character, right? Who's, right. Uh, are you both leveraging your own save files? Is this a save file, or is this one player owns a save file? You know, there, there's a lot of concerns about that and a lot of problems that arise, so... Yeah, so, I mean, obviously just making a, a single-player experience is simple. Um, a lot more yeah. simple, anyway. It's easy route, and the rest of the game looks, like, super good quality. It's, it looks... I love the artwork for it. It looks beautiful. Is this something that you'll be getting? Uh, I'm still going to wait for the reviews to make sure that, that the game is, uh, you know, is reviewed as well as it looks. Because it looks awesome. Like, I love the characters. They, they look pretty much perfect for what I would imagine a secret of mana character to look in 3D. What they should have looked like, right? <laughs> or at yeah. least in the, the Secret of Mana remake that they just recently put out. It looks good. It looks crisp. Very did you play, crisp. Did you try the demo? Um, I downloaded it, I think. You would know if you played it. I definitely didn't play it. Play the demo. It'll give you a really good, you know, you know, you. it's free. It is free. You don't have to pay for it. And it'll, it'll give you a good idea as to what you're getting into, I think. Not free, man. It takes up my time. Oh, jeez. Look, there's a whole lot of games in this world that are free. There's a, a huge amount of games. In fact, there's games 
in this world than there are premium games, uh-huh. and they're still not free, right? They cost time. No, this is, I think, uh, is it? it's only a few hours. It's nothing, you know, earth-shattering like the Dragon Quest Eleven demo, which could be somewhere up to 15 hours, you know? It's nothing that intensive. This is really just up to your the first kind of relatively small first relatively small boss i think i'm in no rush the game comes out next week the reviews will come out next week i'll just wait for the reviews and rather than already replay one to two hours of stuff that's in the demo i'll just if i do get it i'll experience it all the demo the demo um carries over any any saves so oh it does it does well, <laughs> it's the same thing they did with Oct- I think they did it with Octopath. Uh, this when is when you say it like that. Uh, they did it with Octopath and Dragon Quest. So yeah, your saves carry over. Anyway, hopefully I convinced you of that. I'm I'm getting a day one without without a doubt. Yep, without a doubt. All right. Um, The Witcher Three on Nintendo Switch sold. So this thing is just keeps selling. Holy cow. Um, like they, how, how they're not, they can't even sell enough switches. They're selling like more of the Witcher than they are the switch itself. Yeah. <laughs> so 700,000 units in the last three months, people are home, right? <laughs> they need something to do. What better to occupy your time with than playing the Witcher? I, I couldn't think of anything better. Yeah, that is very, that is excellent. Excellent numbers. If you ever do the math, to figure out, you know, how much money they actually made versus the development time and all that. Uh, they That is profit. They've, they have certainly burst through the break-even barrier and are now clearly in the uh, profit territory. And that means they are not going to second-guess or they're not going to sort of shrug off uh, whether the Switch has an audience for them, like EA does, right? EA always use of that audience that nintendo audience don't like our style of games right Right. uh this is gonna at at the very least signal to cd project red like yeah we have fans that exist on switch and are willing to play our game on the switch the only issue is unless they come up with some sort of my minority other development team their games for example cyberpunk 2077 i don't see that running on the switch but they, they are, are pc developers man right but they do have other other titles as well they have um witcher 1 2 and 3 they have uh Thronebreaker, uh which is a kind of a card based rpg but they yeah. need those they need those smaller games in order those are probably gonna show up uh i would actually not write off the possibility of seeing uh cyberpunk on switch at all really uh, yeah, I think it is actually they might and and because you know they are PC developers first and foremost, right? Scalability is what PC is all about and in PC developed games, right? You can toggle, you know, turn off, lower the resolution, lower the texture resolution because everyone has a different PC and you kind of have to you have to build for that. Yeah, yeah, you got to accommodate for, you kind of have to figure out what your lowest common factor. Denominator. 
denominator, whatever the term is, but <laughs> you, you sort of set that as your baseline minimum, your minimum spec machine. And as long as they set that minimum spec machine low enough to also fit within the switch realm, then it is going to be very feasible. The only bottle, the only major bottleneck that I see here that is potentially here uh, with switch development is the memory. And because the switch only allows for, I think, like four or three gigs four. of memory. I think it's it four. has four, and I think one is reserved for the OS. Oh, I thought it was all. I thought, no. yeah, yeah, it's probably, you're probably right. So yeah. it, it's either three or three, maybe three and a half. So that's not a lot. That no. is not a lot at all. Uh, so the that's that is the ultimate like make or break for most games. Now they can still get around that, but then that requires a, an additional overhead in development in order to figure out clever solutions uh, to get around that memory limit. But that memory is the system memory, not the storage memory. That is the biggest. Uh, deciding factor when it comes to like whether or not a game can run on a system. When it comes to like the GPU and, and that kind of performance, that's less of a concern because they can always just down res the resolution. They can make it run 720 or right. 480. Like they can make it run really, really low resolution if the GPU are a major bug. But the memory, that if it if it runs out of memory, it crashes. That's a hard no. Right. And that is what uh, Larian Studios was dealing with when they were developing for the Switch with Divinity Original Sin. I had watched one of their developer interview type of thing, and, you know, they would, they would get to a certain point, the game would crash, they'd fix some stuff, they'd get past that point, then they'd get to another point, the game would crash, they'd fix that. So that's how they were they were doing it and it sounds like that's the way anybody would do it but again it was kind of interesting to see that insight you know in in terms of getting a mostly for the most part it's a pc oriented game to to work the way they did it yeah and yeah if if you know with pcs you have the luxury of actually having a potentially significantly higher uh cap to mm -hmm. what your game can run on, because PCs obviously have way more memory available to console. Right. So, you know, you, you, you want to make sure you hit that minimum, you maintain that minimum. So it's as long as CD Projekt Red has that minimum set low enough. So if you, when the PC version of this game hits on Steam or whatever, and it lists the minimum specs required, that's going to be important to pay attention to, because that will tell you whether or not uh, Cyberpunk will be available, uh, will be potentially ported, or there's a possibility of it being ported to the Switch. Right. That's the that's the big sign factor. Actually, right now, I'm actually going to look at uh, Cyberpunk and just see if there is a minimum spec being listed right now. Guys, we're doing some investigative work here. This is a little bit of investigation. This is some criminal justice type stuff here. <laughs> working. We're working the scene. Working the scene. So, unfortunately, I don't see any uh, minimum... They don't have any specs? No yeah. spec requirements? It's still in development, so I, would, I wouldn't have guessed there would be spec. It's a cold case, guys. It's a cold case. <laughs> We're quitting.
All right, so moving on, Fairy Tale is coming. Now, we've talked about Fairy Tale quite a... Not too long ago, but it was something definitely on our radars. I guess we have a, a final date. I thought we already had one, but I guess we didn't. It's coming June 26th um, uh, this year on the PC and PS4, and again, uh, on the Switch. So... There are there's a lot of information coming out now. It seems like they're doing some sort of big PR push right now about guest characters and different magical abilities, things of that nature. Now, what's interesting to me is I know that this game, we talked about it this before I hit record here, about um anime, and they talked about me potentially watching Fairy Tale as uh kind of a precursor to like almost like studying up a little bit. And the first season is like 30-something episodes. Like, what do you think I am? I can't watch 30-something episodes. It's, in it's incredible. So, I don't know. It there may be a small chance. If I watch the first few episodes and they're good, I'll continue on. But if they're bad, I might just skip this game altogether. Who knows? Who knows? But it is coming June 26th. And um, I don't know. I, I love the look of this game. I know I know. Johnny seems to think that anything with an anime-esque skin um, profile or whatever. You, no. What, no, what, no, listen, listen. Johnny thinks that whatever anime-esque game, he thinks I'm going to automatically like it. It's not true. It's not true. That, okay. hurts, that hurts my feelings when you think that way. Okay? Well. It's not true. It's, uh, it's a, uh, oh. Sorry about that. Oh, jeez. We talked about this. I know, I know, I know. Uh, there, I got it on the thing. It's it's not that. It's just um, it kind of pulls the 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 wool the the wool the of wool. the eyes, the veil. Yeah, it. The woolen veil. It's really itchy. Uh, term like it pulls <laughs> the sheep's wool over the eyes, clothing. Thing. I think I think you're close. Keep going. I am so lost on it, but you know what I'm saying. I like know. It, yep. I know exactly hides, what you're trying to say. It hides the the poor executionness better than other arts. So, because it's a simpler um, design to develop, I guess, and well, it, there's, there's no like texture. It's basically just shading, right? So. Uh. Well, if it's it depends, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does depend, but right. Anyway, so Fairy Tale, June twenty sixth. Look out for it. Uh some I did find some specs. Uh I don't I don't think these are the minimum specs. The case is open. <laughs> it's back up. Uh and from what I see, oh man, uh this is definitely well beyond okay, Not well coming to the switch. <laughs> So it's uh, right off rip, the CPU, iCore 5, uh, or Core i5, uh, 3.5 gigahertz. Uh, that is like triple the amount <laughs> of what the uh, Switch CPU is capable of. But, you know, that, that, that's also like double, almost, uh, maybe not double, but that is like still like 50% or more higher than what current gen consoles are capable of. So, that's a grain of salt type of thing. Uh, there's also the GTX 1060, which is a 6-gig 
graphics card as a potential baseline minimum. I don't know if this is the baseline. This is also running at more than 40 frames per second, 1080. Obviously, for Switch, we're going way less than that. We're going 900 at 30. Well, I'm hoping 720 at 30. That's I would, what I would I guess I would take that. I'm probably not going to play this game anytime soon on the Switch. It'll, it'll be, my PC wouldn't be able to handle that, so my Xbox will finally get, have to be turned on to play Cyberpunk. And the, the big kicker, system memory, 8 gigs. Uh, but keep in mind, that's running in operating PC, yeah. Windows and stuff like that. So if you kind of split the two, we're talking probably a minimum. If the Switch was able to get up to 6 gigs of memory as like some sort of Switch Pro release, then, yeah, based on this, based on what I see here, right. it's still possible. I mean, and, and speaking of a Witch, uh, Switch Pro, uh, we kind of had some, some maybe insight as to what Nintendo is doing. We did have a recent firmware update to version 10.0, which added a lot of um, a major accessibility feature, uh, button remapping. Um, I think that's... I'm sorry? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's a good one. So yeah, it's I mean, it doesn't bring in a lot of the features that people are still asking for, like themes and folders. Heck, I just want to be able to use like some of these pictures that I'm capturing and put them as a backdrop. I don't even care about themes. I just want to use a different background, but we're not even getting that. So basically we're again, we're getting all like any button you can think of is being you, know, you can re remap it. Which is really kind of very, very good for accessibility. And, yeah, uh, and the analog stick. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a big one. Yep. Joy Con Drift. Sayonara. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just not be able to move the character. I don't know if I had mentioned it in on the podcast at all, but I did send in my Joy Con to be repaired. You did mentioned I, it. I did mention that. Okay. Yeah. And they still well, have it. I, I don't know if you mentioned it on the podcast. Well, either way, I did send it in before this whole COVID 19 thing happened. I had sent in my, uh, one of my Joy Cons for repair because it was drifting. And I have, that was months ago. I have yet to get it back because they've, they've shut down everything. So I'm, I'm playing another Joy Con that also doesn't work. Because I have a, a, the Mario Red ones that I got with the Mario Switch, and they don't even work at all, so I have no left Joy-Con. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing with this update is the SD card. The SD? Uh, oh, yes. yeah. Okay. yeah. Be being able to transfer your saves from the internal storage to the SD card and vice versa. That yeah. is phenomenal. Yep, so that was a, another um, kind of lesser, I, guess, I think it was more lesser talked about. Um, but another, and we got some Animal Crossing icons, who the heck cares? And um, one of the other things that people were seeing, they dove into, where is it? I, I lost it. Do you it's have it? This <laughs> no, 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 I have another article there. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I, I had it up and I lost it. All right, so firmware 10.0 adds preliminary support for a new hardware model, okay? And they're calling it, it's in quotes, NX dash ABCD. So very, you know, very generic. Um, three of the five new DRAM profiles are for this hardware type, and there's evidence of a secondary display of sorts being added exclusively for this model. What uh, does that even odd. mean? 
Uh, secondary display. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Um, you know what? Okay. And this is this is a good thing. I have some thoughts as well, but I'll go ahead. Think of so Nintendo has been going crazy with add-ons for the Switch, right? They did the uh, cardboard. The, the cardboard. They did the the ring thing, right? Yep, ring thing. And now RPG. They, well, now they add in, if you can imagine, the Joy-Cons being able to slap onto. So if they just ship a display, mm-hmm. right, with the touchscreen, so, and then your Joy-Cons can slide into it, so it kind of looks like a Switch, but it's not a Switch. Now that acts as a second screen for kind of like the Wii U. Right. That's exactly what I was what I was thinking. Yep. So now that gives them the opportunity to port more Wii U games over and more importantly opens up the DS 3DS market. It, it definitely it'll open up that uh, market. We'll finally be able to get Xenoblade Chronicles X. It'll be <laughs> it'll be a whole new expansive world. A whole new Oh, sing it, brother. Sing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. So this kind of like almost like a dummy terminal type of thing that you can attach your Joy-Cons to and you essentially have kind of like your Wii U setup. Um Yep, and because the the Joy-Cons themselves uh can provide can power uh just like how they can share power with the Switch. Yep. They can power the display. This this dummy display. So this dummy display could be exceptionally dummy esque right? Very low-powered device. Right. And run off the Joy-Con battery. Wow. Um, that, that would have to be a pretty, like, like, the power consumption would have to be very, very low. Right. Right, very, yeah. Very low. Yep. That, well, if it's not running any, it, it, it's yeah, going to have a, a display. very basic CPU, right? Just a display. Just a Play, it, it's gonna it's gonna have some uh some whatever that special bluetooth not bluetooth thing that the wii u did right uh to communicate right it's all low low powered stuff though low so powered this this would stuff. basically just be a docked mode thing right unless this opens up the market for this giant um for develop for people who like go on patreon and just develop all these things these handheld things so this would be like a giant 3DS, if you had it handheld. Well, here's another thing that this could be, potentially. Clamshell design. Oh, jeez, no. So, you have the, you have the, the switch, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you, ha- you have, like, this clip-on display, uh-huh. and it folds, and now you don't see any display, you can't scratch your screen, and then you can open it, and now you have two screens. Right? And it can right. just latch uh-huh. onto the bottom. Okay. And now you have a 3DS Switch, or a, a Switch DS. A Switch DS. That's Switch what the, DS. We've named it for them, too. Yeah. You're, you're welcome, Nintendo. It's, it's the Switch Pro. It's the Switch DS. Oh, no. I hope that's... I, I would love for that to happen, to open up the market for, some of, for a lot of the 3DS titles that are out there. More less for the Wii U titles. But again, more for the giant library of games for the DS and, and whatnot. It'd be a lot easier for those people without having to redevelop their whole game. 
it'd be a lot easier for them to port port over. But that won't happen. Why? Because it would make the the switch too heavy. That's why it wouldn't happen. For handheld use, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Way yeah. too heavy. Yeah, unless yeah, you're right. You're right. Crush people's dreams. All right, moving on. Gamescom 2020 canceled due to the the outbreak of which we're all kind of dealing with here. Now, in saying that, they've also planned for a digital event. A little more planning went into what Gamescom is doing. I don't know if they have the more of an advantage of the, I guess, the foresight of of this all. Um, whereas I think E3 could have and should have done something similar to to this, where they have a exclusive kind of digital event. I, and it's there. It was there for the taking for them, and they're and they kind of missed out on that. Well, they also are coming in at a better time. August, like yeah, yep. no one's gonna have the flu in August. So hopefully, well, yeah, very unlucky people. Very yeah. few unlucky people. The flu in August. Right. The majority of of the world will be, you know, good solar power, you know, immune system combating strength. Uh huh. Or at least on the northern hemisphere. Hopefully. Uh. So let's see here. Um. They, like I had mentioned, they canceled. We are, however, already working at full speed on a digital Gamescom. It is, after all, the world's biggest event for games, and that's what should be. And that's what it should be again this year. So again, they are they are planning for it. And man, yeah, I wish E three would have done something similar similar to this, but they didn't. And again, yeah, it is it is one of the bigger bigger events for video gaming. Yep. All right, moving on to the kind of the last bit of news here, uh, some bravely default news. Uh, Tomoya Asana apologized for Bravely Second End Layer on the Nintendo 3DS. Now I don't know why this this definitely has to be a um, a cultural thing, where you have these these Japanese developers really come out and just oh you know we're sorry we didn't meet your expectations. You know yeah they can be sorry yeah we didn't meet a lot of some people's expectations are like Johnny expectations you know what I mean like through the roof. <laughs> and and some have the bar so set so low you could you know roll over them uh geo expectations um but yeah they, they it has to be cuz i see it a lot with a lot of the japanese developers is that they apologize for not living up to expectations you know what this is their artwork they did it the way they wanted to people just deal with it that's that's kind of my my thought oh the fun you Complained uh, about what? What? What I complained about? That you said bravely second wasn't as good as bravely right so, to a certain I, degree. No, right, and it, right, it was not as good as bravely default. That's right, the, so, there's nothing so wrong this, with that. He has he doesn't have to apology for that. He doesn't have to apologize for anything. But he felt like he needed to, and and to apologize to fans. And look, this is marketing, right? This yeah. apology is specifically for convincing fans that got a sour taste in their mouth playing Bravely Second uh -huh. in order to say, hey, we recognize that Bravely Second was uh, inferior to Bravely Default. 
which is why we're going to make it up to you in Bravely Default 2. Right. Yeah, so that, that's definitely just a marketing ploy. Sure. Sure thing. It's just... But, but they're recognizing that Bravely Second is inferior. And right. by recognizing that and making fans aware that they recognize it, kind of gives the hope that they're going to do better and do right with, as they kind of said, with Bravely Default 2. Right. But you didn't see stuff like this coming out of, uh, for example, with Mass Effect Andromeda, right? And Bioware, an American, well, for the most part, an American developer. You didn't see them coming out and really apologizing for that, for that game. They, you, they did apologize. Are you kidding me? They, they apologized well, like crazy for Mass, Mass Effect 2. They apologized. And, Mass, Mass, and Andromeda, they definitely apologize. And it's, uh, did they apologize? Here yeah. we go. Here we go. CSI Geo on the case here. Mass Effect Andromeda. I don't see it. It's not here. Didn't happen. Uh, Bioware apologizes for Mass Effect Andromeda's uh, Hanley Abrams character. Can, can, uh, you see, can you see my screen? Son of a, he found it. <laughs> it's the first thing that pops up on Google. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, it, it is. It is, but... Um, Again, they're apologizing there for um, a character. Oh, wow. They, uh, there's an IGN article. Where they apologize for how it handled Mass Effect. Andromeda's uh, uh, another character thing. Yeah. The, the, I'm trying to okay. find specifically on just the inferior Mass But there wasn't... Here's the thing. Mass Effect Andromeda was freaking awful. Okay. And it, it was just so bad that they almost had to come out and apologize for it. I didn't see that with Bravely uh, Second. And yeah, maybe it's because Bravely Second isn't as big as Mass Effect. Maybe that's, that's the thing. And the expectations, maybe they're, they're different, set at different levels. But I didn't, see, I didn't really hear about the crying out of Bravely Second. Yeah, it's not as good as Bravely Default. But, I mean, it's not terrible like Mass Effect Andromeda is. Mass Effect Andromeda is probably one of the worst games I've played recently. Um, oh, well, I, shouldn't, I just shouldn't say that. It's definitely, of, of the Mass Effects, it's definitely worse. The worst one. Um, the way Mass Effect 2 ended was terrible. And uh, I wouldn't say it's terrible. Well, they tried to fix it a little bit. Or was that Mass Effect 3? I'm sorry. Am I getting three, confused? The bad ending. Yeah. That that's the one. I'm sorry. Yeah, the bad ending is in three. That's what I was thinking of. Two was fine. All right. Well, no. Two is fine. Not as good as one, but two is nope. like a great yeah, game. No, two two is fine. Um, I was just confusing the endings with uh, two and three. Uh, I don't. I don't know how you could confuse the two. Like three was just a bad <laughs> ending. It's just there was one really good ending, like the true ending. It was in there. But it was not meant for people like you and I. It was meant for <laughs> other people in this world that played a very uh, specific way and and aligned with with what the uh, basically they did not make true endings for all the different playstyles. They made the tr they made one true ending for one particular play style and uh -huh. set of decisions that you made and if you did not make all of those 
all of those decisions that were required to line up for the true ending, then you don't get it. Okay. So I'm sorry. And you and you have to like and you had to like be with certain characters in order to do that. It's it's like it was like the uh I don't know, the target demographic was the true ending. Right, right, right. And by target demographic it'll take a bit to explain what that target demographic is. <laughs> I still don't want to know. I, I still don't know. Like I thought I was in that target demographic, being you know, PG fan, uh, space fan. Nope. And, uh, yeah, just want to know on that. All right, and and again, along with the bravely default, the producer ha- already has, and I think this might even be the same uh, interview. Uh, they already have ideas for bravely third. Yeah. Like, oh wow. I mean, how about you come out with Bravely Default 2 and then figure out Bravely 3rd after the fact. But they're already working. They're a step ahead of the game. And when they're working on it, I'm sure they're just spitballing ideas. But Well, yeah. I mean, there's always ad- ideas. When you're working on any project, uh, yeah. you're always going to have ideas. And these are ideas that you are thinking of in the middle of working on the project and you have to squash they're good ideas, right? But you're squashing them because you—it's not going to fit. It's just right. It's they, out of scope of the project, but mm-hmm. they don't want to let it go, so they put it into the future project space. Right. Sorry, right. that might not work for this project. Yeah. Let's put it on the back burner for something else. Um, yeah. This, this so. is how expansions and DLC are made. Sure. Right? It's, yeah. It's all those extra ideas that are actually really good. They're just. A little, they came in a little bit too late in development, and mm-hmm. you got to move to a different, to a different project, to a sequel, to a DLC, whatever. Right, 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 right. Um, all right. So moving on to listener questions, we have none. Um, you could email us at podcast at switchrpg.com. Actually, I'm lying. Uh, yeah, I'm lying. Okay, I'm lying. Um, I have been getting emails from podcast at switchrpg.com. But they're spam, so they <laughs> <laughs> so they immediately get tossed and reported as such. Are, are you getting the uh, the Ray Ban blast spam? No, um, it's basically uh, we are a writing company, and we will pay you a hundred dollars if you let us write for you, or something to that effect. You know, like no, just just go away. I don't want your money. Oh, I do, but. I don't want your money, okay? All right. So, yeah, give us some listener questions. We need them. We want them. Yes, Up- please. Upcoming RPGs. Legends of Amberland. I think I discussed that at some point. Um, the, Maybe in a couple episodes ago. Uh, Legends of Amberland is a first-person dungeon crawler, similar to what I'm playing as... Uh, similar to what I'm playing in as Operencia. Or, or a lot of the older title, Wizardry. It's a, a very, it's a bit graphic, first-person dungeon crawler. It's actually really, from what I've played, because I do have it, it's very, um, there's a lot of items, a lot of, uh, th- if you're into min-maxing, and especially oh, first-person dungeon crawlers, you're going to like this. Uh, the music was kind of cool. The uh, the bit graphics for me, again, it's always hit or miss with me. It's oh, kind yeah, it's a very it's a very basic um bit graphic uh kind of pixel design. It's it's not good 
pixel art, and there's also a disparity between the overlay that's on the screen, the characters that you see in the world, yep. right, yep. and how blown up they are. There's like 8-bit there, there's 16-bit on the character portraits, there's like early PC style graphics on the overlay interface. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a... <laughs> and uh-huh. even... Even like some of the icons, right? Like the chicken and apple I'm seeing right now, mm-hmm. and that is uh, closer to 16-bit, not 8-bit style. Yeah, graphics. so I don't know if that was a design choice, but they are mixing their their big graphics. I would say aesthetically, it's it's kind of a little bit of a miss, but there are a lot of items in this game. Um, if you're into that min-maxing, this is definitely something you're gonna like. It's just if you can get over the the look the look of it. Yeah, and the look ain't bad. It's just it you can kind of tell it's not like a big budget game. No, no, no. and that and that is fine. Um, it just has to be in your your kind of thing, you know. Seven party members, though. Uh, that has me excited. You can actually you can create every single one of them if you want. Yep. Or, or you can kind of rando, uh, random, ge- random generate them. Uh, by the way, I have another. Just watching this gameplay video of this game, I have another show topic that we can discuss. Oh, and that boy. is uh, percentages and how much I despise percentages. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna put this in our. Uh, we have a little document here, kind of uh, behind behind the scene. Um, like you get some meaningless percentage increase or decrease in damage. Like those those types of bonuses are just bad. I think what we may end up calling that is just johnny hates it's not hey it's it's just it is it is it's johnny hates in video games it's way more forgivable that's it's you can kind of forgive that sort of stuff but outside of video games because as long as the video game takes care of that but it's not interesting or meaningful well you got to remember a lot of rpgs are based on uh tabletop and the tabletop does have percentages it's basically in its yeah. entirety is math so well, you're gonna wrong. it's not wrong it's all it's math wrong. it's all no, math. It, it's bad math that uh it should is look it's fine to have but there's there's ways to do it better and more exciting and fun to the player and we could talk about this as a main topic elsewhere. Right. we will do it elsewhere fine <laughs> um Catch us on the next episode where we discuss percentages. Uh, right, uh, Sunless Sea, April. We yep, we talked about it. April twenty third, um, April twenty fourth is uh, Naruto Shippuden. Shippuden. Yep. This this is a fighting RPG. I don't know. I don't know what Naruto is. I do, but I don't. I've never watched it. You may know a little bit more about this. I have no idea, but it's a fighting game uh, RPG. It's got Baruto in the title, so I'm already out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes Baruto. Oh no! Okay, I have no idea. You could have you could have made that up. I have no idea what a Baruto is. It's Naruto's son. Oh, I just thought it was some Mexican food or something. <laughs> and then April twenty fourth, Trials of Mana. Uh, never, never heard of it. Trials yeah, of, can't trial. wait. One week away. Dude, play the demo. Play the demo. I'll just wait for the reviews. Oh, jeez. Just play the stupid demo. All right. And again, don't forget to check out the episode previous to this, episode 60... Not 65, 66? Who wrote 65 here? Are you messing with me? 
I did not read that. Episode 66, where we discuss unique game mechanics we'd like to see in some RPGs. It was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. Now, do you have anything else? Do you have anything Uh, else? So, I I came out with two new topics. So, there's the percentage one, and what was the one I mentioned? Today? Yeah, just, yeah, during, while we were talking, I had, like, two good ideas for for show topics. I don't know. You you have to you have to start taking care of yourself, writing these things down. You know, yeah, you're an adult too, Johnny. Okay, it'll come back. You're an adult. Yeah. Anyway, do you have anything up. to say? Nope. Nope. I got nothing. Nothing. No. But seriously, check out our uh, other other topics. We're gonna be trying to do that where we keep one episode really newsy uh, and give us our give us give uh you guys our opinions on those news topics and then basically where we have come to some sort of a main topic discussion. So that's what we'll try to do. Tell us uh, how you like it. But uh, yeah, that is going to wrap up today's episode of the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com, or you can subscribe on whatever your listening ear holes listen to. If you listen on that, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts so your support... You are so distracting! And finally, remember, you can head over to SwitchRPG.com! I, I, I just realized something. It might be a, a, a travesty for a uh, RPG-based you know, podcast. You know, aficionados that we are. We went this entire thing without mentioning Final Fantasy VII Remake at all. Final Fantasy VII Remake? Because I have... I have, oh, here's the thing. Number one, Final Fantasy VII is probably one of my least favorite Final Fantasies after eight. And even saying that, I have zero interest in Final Fantasy VII Remake. My, probably my more favorite are, uh, Final Fantasies are um, nine, ten, and six in that order. Thank you, come again. And I think you're just saying this because you don't have access to a PS4. Shut up. <laughs> no, I honestly, I have, I have no interest in, in Final Fantasy VII remake. Really? I know, I know none. that none. I have absolutely none. I, I don't care. I really don't care. Um, I know that when we were looking for news for this episode, everything is just smothered in Final Fantasy VII remake. I know that there are tons of people who absolutely love Final Fantasy VII. I don't hold that against them. I just, I think the original, the original game looked so ugly to me even back then oh i agree it looked so ugly and it was just i didn't like the controls maybe the story was good but i just couldn't play it enough to even i don't know i just didn't like it so i'm with you it's it's an ugly looking game Mm -hmm. but and i never played seven so uh if i don't end up picking up trials of mana i am going to be uh, next time we talk, I'll probably be talking about. That. I'll probably be in my uh, games I'm playing, and that's probably gonna hold me over until. Uh, Blade. You gonna? Are you gonna dip into Xenoblade again? Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. I don't. I don't know how much I'm gonna dip in, but I'm dipping in again, man. That game is. I will beat it a third time. All right. Potentially. And, and I'm sorry, with my list of Final Fantasy games, so again, I listed 9, 10, and 6. Add on the Zodiac edition of 
Final Fantasy XII. I think just that that expansion or that kind of uh, upgrade, I'll call it, really made that game better. Uh, I would say um, that there is no great Final Fantasy game, mm-hmm. but I also haven't played most of them. Okay, I've played a decent number, but not not most of them. And I'm not talking like the spinoffs. Like I know a lot of people, or some people, like the tactics game, the Crystal Bear games. Those are more spinoff titles. I'm talking kind of mainland, mainline. I'm sorry, mainline I, games. Yeah, I, I barely played the first Tactics. Uh, I have the Tactics Advance Two, and that was not good. It wasn't bad. It was just very mediocre and it was inferior to uh the tactics ogre game that came out after uh are we still like recording yeah (laughs) i tried i'm trying to end the i'm trying to land the plane here is what i'm trying to do land the plane let's land but then we went into like final fantasy land (laughs) i was was trying to like make a joke about how compile a list of like bad Final Fantasy games and then that list would be like almost all of them. Well, not all of them, but you know. Nine definitely... is awesome. I love I was... nine. Yeah, nine, I love nine. Nine is really good. Alright, that's gonna end today's episode for real this time. I'll see you next time. Goodbye.